Are you looking to improve employee engagement and retention? Do you struggle with decisions on who to hire or who to promote? I have an amazing opportunity for a forward-thinking, purpose-led, people-first organisation to work with me on the first pilot Happier at Work programme for corporates. The programme is entirely science-backed and you will have tangible outcomes in relation to employee engagement, retention, performance and productivity. The programme is aimed at people leaders with responsibility for hiring and promotion decisions. If this sounds like you, please get in touch at ifa at happieratwork.ie. That's A-O-I-F-E at happieratwork.ie. You're listening to the Happier at Work podcast. I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien. This is the podcast for leaders who put people first. The podcast covers four broad themes, engagement and belonging, performance and productivity, leadership equity, and the future of work. Everything to do with the Happier at Work podcast relates to employee retention. You can find out more at happieratwork.ie. Hello and welcome to this week's solo episode of the Happier at Work podcast. And I am recording this. You will be listening to it probably a few months later, but I'm recording this before heading away to work remotely in Tenerife. And I thought how apt that I'm recording it at exactly this time. And when I return from Tenerife, I will also be recording an episode of some of my key learnings, just like I did after my stint in Tenerife in January. So today the focus is on this idea of remote and hybrid work. And I suppose the first thing that I wanted to address in relation to this is that the terms are often used interchangeably. So we often say remote hybrid or remote and hybrid as if they are the same thing. So I just wanted to call that out, that they're not exactly the same thing. For me, remote implies that you can you can essentially work from anywhere, whereas hybrid, because it requires you to be in the office, there is a degree that you need to be at least within some sort of commuting distance of that office. I've also seen a lot of jobs advertised as remote or remote first, which is really, really great to see. But then upon digging into this and from, you know, from hearing out in the market, what's going on is oftentimes jobs are being advertised as remote, but they're actually not remote. And it can be used as a way to, I don't mean lure people in, but it, uh, appeal to people because they're saying that it's remote first or that, that they're they have a hybrid working policy, but then in fact the they're using this as kind of like a a cultural hook to get people in and get people interested in working in that organization and then making demands that people work for the full five days in the office. And so I thought that's quite an interesting trend that's happening a lot. Um, I've also heard stories of people being scammed. So because remote is so popular at the moment and I'm not aware of, and if you are aware of, I'd love to to hear more about it. And I'm going to do more research about this as well, of a, a specific job site that you can search for remote first jobs or or remote only jobs. I know that LinkedIn, they have a way to flag something that's remote. But is there a, a website, for example, that someone can go and look on if they are looking for a remote job? The other thing that I wanted to address around this, well, there's a few things that people are being forced back to the office sometimes when there's no need to be. But there's kind of a paradox where a lot of surveys say that people want to do more collaboration, that they want to have more of that physical, social interaction with other people that they work with. But at the same time, they want to stay at home. So it's like we've got comfortable working from home, but we also are missing that 
social, physical interaction with our colleagues as well. So I thought that's that's quite interesting. And I'm not sure exactly what the solution to that is, because if on the one hand people are saying that this is what they want, but on the other hand, they're saying that they don't want to return to the office, maybe the solution then is to have you know, big get togethers, but on a less frequent basis. So you're bringing people together to collaborate, to socialise, to get to know each other as humans, as opposed to bringing them together into the office for the sole purposes of sitting there and doing their own work in a non-collaborative sort of way. One of the things to bear in mind with remote working then is the legalities and the tax implications around it. So uh, I know for Ireland, for example, you can't, there's a specific number of days, which I always forget the number of days, but it's around, uh, it equates to around six months. So if you're out of the country for around six months, then there are tax implications in relation to that. So that's something to be aware of. And I'm sure it's similar in other parts of the world as well. So it's not as if you can just take off and and leave and work from from absolutely anywhere, you do need to let your your organisation know that you're doing that um, and be aware of what the implications are and see, can you work? So I'm kind of thinking, you know, there's a few different aspects to remote. What I'm doing is I'm going to one place in particular and I'm staying there for a while and I am doing it for less than the amount of time that I'm allowed to be outside of Ireland. But then other people that I know are travelling around at the same time. So, um, you know, they're travelling around while they're working and they they might be gone from Ireland as well. The other aspect of this uh, idea of remote or hybrid working is productivity. And really what I mean when I, I'm talking about remote or hybrid is probably this the way that we have been working for the past little while where you're not actually working in an office anymore. So uh, non-office based work, whether you're working from home, whether you're working from a hub, whether you're working from somewhere else. And that's the this idea of productivity. And, you know, I think we, there's a few, again, you know, similar with the first point, there's a few different aspects to this. So the first one is that not everyone actually does their rest of work at home. So while on the one hand, you may prefer being at home because you have other obligations, that it's easier, that you, you're avoiding a commute as well. But really consider whether or not you're doing your best work at home or do you prefer to be in that collaborative environment, even if it means that you have to spend that additional time commuting as well. So that's definitely something to to be aware of. The other aspect of it is you know, I, th- I think at the start of the pandemic, there was this fear from from managers and leaders in particular that the work wouldn't get done or we wouldn't be as productive at home. But I think, you know, what research has shown and and uh, certainly anecdotal evidence has shown in, in my circles anyway, that it's it's the opposite is true, that we have a tendency to burn out and that work has actually intensified. We're getting more done in in less time, we're being more flexible, we're kind of available all the time. So there's there's a higher tendency to reach that stage of burnout than uh, than through any other type of work because of the flexible nature. So if you're working in that way, it's important to recognise what your boundaries are. If you are working flexible hours, then be really strict on what those flexible hours are, as opposed to saying, well, I work flexibly, therefore I'm working from seven in the morning till nine at night, for example. Um, but that you, you do make sure to take those breaks, that people know that you're taking those breaks and that you don't feel under any obligation to reply to calls, to reply to texts, to reply to emails in those times when you're taking a break throughout the day. The final aspect of this that I want to address is this idea of pay. And I've seen some questions around how much people should be paid. And so if someone is working remotely 
as in if they're not office based, that they should be paid less money. Now, that that goes against everything I believe in. Anyway, I believe people should be paid for the impact that they have in the organisation and not necessarily where they are based. Um, but I can see a point in, in some instances, but for the most part, People should be paid for for the impact and the outcomes that they can produce for the organisation, whether those outcomes are happening in in an office based situation or whether they're happening at home or working remotely or working while someone is travelling. I can see from the organisation's perspective that if someone is saving money on their commute and, and all sorts of other ways, but there are other ways that people pay. So for internet, for lighting and heating, and you can consider also that the organisation is potentially saving money by not having someone in an office. So they're, they're saving money on real estate and things like that as well. And um, I can also see it from the other perspective. So that is to say that in different parts of the world, in different states in the US, for example, in built up cities and things like that, there usually is a bump in pay for people who who work in those. And I remember when I worked in London, I was very aware of that, that there is some sort of additional pay because you're working in London you know, just to reflect the cost of living in those big organisations. And I did hear of, and I can't recall exactly who it was, but I'm sure a quick Google search, you, you'll be able to find out. Um, don't want to necessarily mention it on here, but that I think people were thinking that they could have a Silicon Valley salary, for example, but be working in the back of beyond in Idaho and that that was not the case and that, that those kinds of things would be addressed to reflect the cost of living in the in the specific area. And again, I go back to this idea of it's about the skills that people have and people should be paid for the impact that they're having on the organisation. And it probably just highlights the issue with having these built up areas where cost of living has been pushed up because big organisations go into those areas. And I'm not sure how sustainable that is in the long term. And what does that look like for the future of work as well? As always, I would love to get your thoughts, any insights that you have, any practices that you might change as a result of listening to today's podcast episode. I would absolutely love to hear them. You'll find all of my socials through the website happieratwork.ie. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram, happieratwork.ie or through LinkedIn as well. I would absolutely love to connect with you and hear from you and hear any thoughts and do get involved in the conversation. My LinkedIn is Aoife O'Brien. That's A-O-I-F-E-O apostrophe B-R-I-E-N. That was another episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I am so glad you tuned in today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I would love to get your thoughts. Head on over to social media to get involved in the conversation. If you enjoy the podcast, I would love if you could rate, review it or share it with a friend. If you want to know more about what I do or how I could help your business, head on over to happieratwork.ie.